0: listening to BGN Radio why would you listen to any other Eagles <laughs> podcast with John
1: Stolmes and Brandon Lee Gallant Welcome into BGN Radio. This is Episode 69, brought to you by the very nice folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K I S T. Of course, make sure you're following at BGN underscore Radio and that you've pounded the subscribe button for continuous coverage of the Philadelphia Eagles 2019 season, which in a way has already started here with training camp. And after a day off, back again with me today is Brandon Lee Gowton, May he forever reign. B L G. How you doing, brother? Mike, uh, nice of you to ask, and I will say that I'm doing nice. <laughs> It's a very nice episode. BLG, let's start off the show a little differently today. We had two weird practices. We had a long one today. We had a short one yesterday, which is why we gave the gentle listeners a day off because we're, we're already through seven camp practices. So I think this is the point where we can start having some definitive takeaways regarding the body of work that some of these players have put together to this point. So full disclosure for those that haven't realized this yet, but BLG is the one that's there every day at the Care Complex covering this thing. I'm the dude sitting at his desk at home, furiously scrolling through camp tweets from those that are there. So my opinion means much less than yours, BLG. So I'll ask you, based on what I've seen by following along and based on our near daily chats on the matter, I put together a list of young players that are having standout camps for the Eagles. That list included the following linebacker Kamu hill cornerback Russell Douglas, cornerback Sidney Jones, edges Joe Osman and Josh Sweat. Offensive tackle Andre Dillard Tight end Dallas Goddard, which may be a little bit of a hangover from the Ricky minicamp as well. I didn't include Wentz because he's a little bit older than those in the group, but we can talk about his day later. But is there anybody you'd add or subtract? Uh, I
0: think that's pretty accurate. I mean, you, and, and it's kind of, you know, those guys pop up too on that kind of list that you would make because that's the guys we're mainly looking for. You know, it's not like we're out there watching what Brandon Graham is going <laughs> to do because we already know like he looks good. Like anything he does is not going to be super noteworthy because we already know kind of player brandon graham or any other kind of veteran such as like zach Ertz, anyone who's established can already do for the most part that's something to keep in mind when you're looking at you know those lists of standout players like these are the guys you know everyone's focused the most on because we don't know exactly who they are quite yet but yeah i think that's a pretty good list and it's encouraging because a lot of those guys are younger guys who are stepping up and showing good signs in the uh, in the training camp so far one week full of training camp since it started last
1: Thursday. Um, so a lot of good signs from the young guys. And I would have included Miles Sanders here. And a lot of people, when I tweeted this out, kind of mentioned his name, because from what everybody is saying that there, there is a clear difference in movement skills between him and the other backs when it comes to explosiveness, lateral agility, things like that. But the problem for me is, if you're going to sell me on a low mileage back like Sanders, only one year of real experience in college, I can't name him a standout if he dealt with a hammer. Hand- injury during rookie minicamp. And then a week in a training camp, today he picks up a foot knock that Doug says is fine, but they're going to run tests on. So we'll keep you updated on his status, gentle listener. But yeah, that's a hard sell for me. So I'm encouraged about his performance to this point. And I really don't want to beat a guy up over what appears to be just two insignificant injuries in the grand scheme of things. But they're injuries nonetheless. And this time is valuable for him to learn the offense if he's going to make a significant impact sooner than later, right?
0: Yeah, it's fair to say the Sanders injuries, even though not in necessarily super serious, put a damper on his outlook some, to some extent at the very least because like you said, Mike, think this is a guy who needs to get those reps. He's, he's the youngest player on the roster, believe it or not um and he obviously has and doesn't have like a boatload of experience uh, zero nfl experience obviously but even just you know in college his his workload and his reps there were limited which is a good thing in some ways he doesn't have a lot of uh, mileage on him but at the same time like you need to get him some of those reps just like we saw that rep the other day with carson Wentz sitting him on the wheel route you know that's that's something like you want to see those two guys get on the same page and get those practice reps so Thankfully, Miles Sanders uh, seems to be good. Like He went down after kind of getting hit in the backfield on a run play today in 11-on-11, and he was down on the ground for a bit. Trainer came out to look at his left foot, I believe it was, and he walked off the field on his own power, went over to the trainer's tent, which again, a good sign, didn't need to be carted off or anything. And then he came back to the sideline instead of going back into the building, even though practice was almost over. Uh, and then Doug Peterson after practice said that, you know, he should be good. They'll be doing more testing on him, so we'll see. So hopefully, you know, that's just nothing major there. And, you know, knock on wood, the Eagles have been pretty fortunate in terms of, you know, like training camp injury situation so far. I know people are going to get very mad at me for saying that because I, I jinxed it clearly. But um, And I do have, you know, obviously, if you listen to BJN Radio, I do have some kind of prophetic power when it comes to uh, <laughs> saying things before they happen. So uh, it's It's fair if you want to blame me. Yeah, Yeah, I I still think just seeing the ability that Sanders has is definitely tantalizing, but it's, it's kind of just a matter of and why we kind of talk about um, his outlook for this season and being like a little bit unsure is you know
1: there, there's still questions there and availability might be one of them if he keeps getting nicked up. Yeah, I think preseason will be important for him. Some encouraging signs, but also some concerns there. So we'll keep an eye on Sanders as we keep moving through this process. We're only one week into training camp, but there's a, there's a long way to go with this. And as, as a follow up to this question, this comes from a listener, by the way. This is at Chase Culp, that's Kulp, that's K U L P on Twitter. He asks, quote. Has anyone been singled out as underperforming from expectations, or are you not hearing as much positive on someone as you expected, unquote? Now, the first name that came to mind for me is Jordan Mailade, and that's not based on my expectations or your expectations of him, because both of us have exercised cautious optimism with him, stating that it's probably going to take longer than we may want for him to develop into a field-ready pro Capable of making meaningful contributions, so there's a disclaimer that comes with that. And look, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's getting worked by guys like Josh Sweat and Joe Osman, who I outlined as as winners so far in camp. It's kind of what I expected, and I don't want to put I don't want to put words in your mouth, BLG, but I think it's what you expected as well, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, again. Jordan Mailata didn't, at this time last year, had never even played a professional football game. So, like, you know, it's kind of about, to me, putting the expectations in check. Uh, I didn't have super, you know, high hopes heading into training camp this year. And I'm still interested to see what he looks like in game action. You know, I think for for linemen, like, I'm much more interested in seeing that than just training camp reps, especially, you know, when they can't really go after the passer. And it's just, you know, it's just not the same. Uh, It's not that all-out kind of, effort you see in game so you know I want to reserve some of the judgment until then and let's see how he looks in those settings Um, and I want to give credit to Joe Oshman and Josh Wett who I don't think those are just two like bums who yeah. are, are beating Milata like easily. Like it's just like you could throw me in there and like I could <laughs> beat him. No, that's not gonna happen. So, you know, I think the other guys do deserve credit, but yeah, Milata probably hasn't looked as good as the quote unquote like future Hall of Famer that he was gonna be, you know, made out to be last off season. Kind of just tempering that down. A little bit but when you talk about some of the other more disappointing players uh some of the losers if you will for going at like a winners and losers kind of approach to this clayton thorson is up there obviously we kind of yeah. talked about that a lot already that's really not um anything super new the only thing i'll note with that is that not every time they went to 11 on 11 but some of the times i guess it was kind of like an alternate at this point they're splitting those third team reps now instead of, you know, they used to just be Thorson's and then Kessler would go with like a fourth team, but now they're kind of just going third team and it's either Kessler or Thorson. They're kind of like splitting that. So I kind of, you know, that shows you, I think that Kessler stock is on the rise a little bit while Thorson's is down in that regard. And another guy who I would highlight here as a, a down player, I guess would be Derek Barnett, just from the sense of like, it concerns me, Mike, that he still has not practiced in team drills. Like, yeah. it's August 1st. I think Derek Barnett, I, I'm not down on him in terms of, like, if he's healthy. Like, I like his outlook. But it just seems so weird to me. And I, I've been saying this. Uh, I said this in the, the Periscope I did yesterday. I've said this in, like, um, my winners and losers from the spring notes. So I've said this before. But the fact that, like, Derek Barnett is supposed to be this huge key player to the team this year, and he is, right? Like, he's going to be a very important player with Chris Long and Michael Benick on. and the fact that he hasn't done team drills yet, just, like... It gives me some level of anxiety.
1: Yeah, that's interesting with Barnett because he's going to, like you said, he's going to be very important to the pass rush for this team. So it's actually, it's good that Sweat and Osman are kind of picking up the slack there, but Barnett is going to be a starter and he's going to have to contribute and missing those reps is, is bad for a young player like that. Already missed time last year. Any other names that you cite as underperforming to this point? Maybe somebody like Shelton Gibson, uh, who it's looking like I was right about from the beginning, but nobody cares, so I'll stop this pathetic attempt at cloud fishing. Uh, anybody else stand out to you as far as the losers go
0: yeah gibson has had i don't think he dropped a pass today might have um but before today he definitely had three drops in a row uh so one at least one for the past three practices as of wednesday so yeah i don't know what that bottom of the roster spot is looking like there because there's kind of like a number of guys in the mix it could be like a greg ward it could be a carlton agudosi yeah who doug peterson today when doug was asked about Um, the unheralded players from training camp so far. And Alexis wrote about that for BleedingGreenNation.com. I mean, Doug mentioned Carlton Agudosi as like the first guy. And he also mentioned a couple other guys. You can can read the article to see it. And Agudosi had a good day. He had three touchdowns uh, in seven-on-seven red zone. And I think he had one on on two-on-two as well. Like Just throwing that guy the ball high up in the air. He's six foot six, coming down with it. So uh, this doesn't really answer your question, Mike. (laughs) I went to a guy who's Who's looking good. But I guess, you know, I would say that there's no one, it's not like you're seeing a lot of down camps from a lot of players. It's kind of the, the players that I already mentioned. And um, I think that's about it for the most part. I mean, if you want to say Stefan Wisniewski, because he's really struggled to snap the ball as a second team center. <laughs> and he even got chewed out by Doug Peterson in training camp so far for that. Like, I guess you could
1: add that on there. Yeah, so there's Wisniewski, he's struggling a little bit, and they're getting those second team reps at center with, with Kelsey. Kelsey is back today, is that correct? Because he had a day off yesterday for kind of like load management, is that right? Yeah, and then Deshaun had today off in terms of team drills. Yeah, so that all of that's pretty standard for the Eagles, giving some vets some time off and kind of managing their workload throughout this process, so no big red flags to look at there. Let's keep it positive, though. Let's let's talk about a player that, uh, that, that I love, that that I'm part of the hype train that I'm the, the conductor of the hype train of have you had a chance to look over the article that I submitted to you earlier today by any chance am I jinxing Sydney Jones with my article that's going to drop today
0: I haven't looked at it yet just you know I got home from training camp and I haven't been able to look yet
1: he's having a camp though right he's having a camp
0: he's having a camp um, again I solely motivated him to do this I think <laughs> I should get all the credit for Sydney Jones looking good um, and he should get none clearly no um <laughs> Again, he he's looked good. He, he keeps making plays, which is what I really wanted to see from him after not really doing that so much last year and then even this spring. So, you know, today he had an interception on Carson Wentz. I couldn't see exactly what went on there because it was like, 70 yards down the field and there was players standing in front of it and we couldn't get any closer than that I was as close as I could be so unfortunately I couldn't see the whole thing it kind of looked like there might have been a miscommunication with uh, Carson Wentz's target yeah. um, but in any case you know Sydney made the play and then he had a breakup on a uh, very well defended throw from Wentz to Nelson Aguilar in the red zone so Just, you know, really good, encouraging progress from Sydney. And then Razul, too. I want to give Razul credit here because I say it every single freaking day. Like, (laughs) this guy is making plays. He's looking good. Yeah. Um, Today, it was Carson through a fade pass to Alshon in the red zone, and it was, like, perfect throw. I felt like from Carson, it was right in Alshon's hands. Like, it it would have been a touchdown if Alshon held on, but Razul as soon as that ball get in there, just, you know, shot his arm through Alshon's hands and knocked it out and made the play. And so every day, Brazil makes the play. I just, you know, I don't know. I'll say this every single podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't know what more
1: he could be doing yeah. to, like, earn a starting spot. Speaking of every single podcast and guys earning their snaps, what about our boy? We're both in the fan club. Come What's going on with my boy Kamu Griget-Hill? Love him. Had a a
0: nice pick on Carson Wentz today, kind of just leaping pick on a Wentz throw over the middle in the red zone. Another guy who just, he flashes, um, and he's really developed well. I think that thing about him kind of being like the second linebacker with, you know, Nigel Bradham kind of being your first linebacker is kind of just what's going to happen. And then you'll see Zach Brown in base, he'll be your strong side linebacker. Um, but I think really it's Kamu and Bradham as the main two guys for the most part. I mean, again, maybe it could be a little bit matchup dependent. Uh, if you see a team that runs the ball more, maybe you see a little bit more Zach Brown cause he has that kind of run
1: stopping ability, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think it's Kamu and I think it's Bradham as the main guys. Somebody asked me today, like what's the path to snaps for Kamu and thinking about it, like Nigel Bradham was probably a top 10 coverage linebacker two years ago. I think that's a fair thing to say, especially when you look at the analytics in the film and whatnot. I think last year he was inconsistent and struggled trying to replace the snaps from Jordan Hicks. He was up and down in the playoffs that he had a really good game against the Bears, and then he re- really struggled in coverage against the Saints. I think if Camus is going to get like a, a bigger share of the snaps, other than just what we're already saying with those situational things and matchups and teams that run, pass more, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I think with their big dime package, when they roll out three safeties, they only have one linebacker. If Bradham continues to be inconsistent as a coverage linebacker, I think Camus can really carve out his niche there. And, and they already kind of specialized his role within that third down defense because there are cases where they run the picket fence defense that fans hate so much. But one of the adjustments that Schwartz made in the middle of the season, that I really liked to that defense. So you got everybody lining up the sticks. There was four guys down rushing the passer. Well, they removed one of those down rushers. So you got three guys on the line, and they put Camus in the middle closer to the line. And his job was to attack screens because that's one of the weaknesses of that defense. And he did a great job blowing those up. So he can carve out a role for himself, especially if Bradham struggles in coverage. Uh, let's do a quick break here. We'll be back with more BGN Radio, Episode 69, and we're going to start covering in detail why Carson Wentz is screwing up the season by throwing a Zacher so much. We'll be right back.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: We are back here on BGN Radio, episode 69, brought to you by the nice folk at Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. Michael Kist here with Brandon Lee Gouten, who was there at the Nova Care Complex covering these training camp practices. So, as I alluded to at the break, I think my other big question for you today, BLG, and I'm very frustrated by this, why is Carson Wentz throwing so many doggone touchdowns to Zach Ertz?
0: You really hate to see it, right? I mean, it's just, it's terrible for the team. You know, he, he should just throw elsewhere for the sake of not throwing to one guy and scoring touchdowns. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very disappointing, Mike. I'm very concerned about that.
1: Oh, did I lose it or is that it? <laughs> no, no, that's all I have. Sorry. I can go on for longer if you want me to. No, no, I, that's I have more serious. Wentz thing after that. <laughs> no, that's 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 perfectly fine. I, I you, you caught me there. So I know there were there were a couple of red zone touchdowns today for Wentz overall. How was his day? How was Ertz looking? Goddard, all the all the playmakers there, how they look today?
0: I would say Carson was up and down today. Um, he definitely kind of struggled to get in a rhythm early on in the red zone. I think his first 11 on 11 red zone set. He was like one of four, and that was the pick to Sidney Jones in there. Yeah, So not ideal. It seems like Carson's had some timing issues with some of those receivers, Uh, a number of guys. That's something that can probably get worked out, or you would hope would get worked out as the training camp continues to go along and as preseason picks up here. So that's something, you know, that's what this time of year is for, kind of working on those timing things. Uh, That's not a super big concern for me. Just would like to see that cleaned up had some really good placement on some throws into the red zone, um, such as one for Zach Ertz, who we talked about. Yeah. And then another one wasn't good placement or, um, it, it might've been a little too far out in front, but Ertz made a fantastic one handed catch as he bobbled it a little bit at first. Um, so that was impressive to see again, um, that fade throw to Alshon I thought was great. Uh, and if result doesn't break it up, it's like, Hey, you know, Carson threw a really awesome touchdown pass. So, uh, kind of just up and down. You know, there's some kind of inconsistency with the accuracy placement of the ball. Not perfect. Timing might have been off a little bit. I definitely don't think it was bad as his practice that he had last Saturday. That was just like yeah, there was more bad than good almost. Um Today, it was just kind of like more inconsistent.
1: Like there was some good, really good. There's also some bad kind of just an up and down overall kind of deal. So we talked a lot about the the red zone reps there. Are you seeing anything like really creative out of the Eagles from the red zoners or pretty straight up? Because I know the other day, I think I, I think I saw that the Eagles were in 12 personnel with their two tight ends set there and Dallas Goddard was lined up in the backfield. Like, are they doing anything crazy? I know there was, what was there, a flea flicker the other day? What's some of the more creative stuff that you've seen or is that it?
0: Yeah, that's about it, I would say. Nothing too exciting, um, nothing too crazy, too different. I saw some more of that in the spring. And I guess we talked about that in some of our spring podcast recaps and even practice notes. This was, I think, more straightforward for the most part. I did like a Carson Wentz throw on a short Touchdown pass to Darren Sproles, who kind of fought through contact. Reminded me of his touchdown in the Cowboys game. Carson Wentz's final touchdown of 2018, mm-hmm. and Sproles spiked the ball a bunch of, around a bunch of defenders who were like standing right around him. After that, so I just kind of love that fire, and I like that accuracy from Carson Wentz, even though not super tough throw. Although you know you you kind of have to throw it right when you're throwing the Sproles. Like it has to be on the money. You know, it's not like he has this huge catch radius like you have to throw yeah. to him. So uh, that's good. Again, there was this, it was up and down I think for Carson and, and the first team offense as a whole I would say early on like not I think the defense was winning a little bit more early on Malcolm Jenkins had even said I saw this on a uh, Philly voice that like he feels like the defense is whooping the offenses but And, you know, there's some truth to that today early on. I think the defense, you know, was making some plays. That's something you have to consider, too. And that's something, like, that's a funny thing that happens in training camp every year where, like, I tweet out, you know, Carson Wentz, deep touchdown to Deshaun. And there's a bunch of people who get excited about that. But there's also some people who are like, well, why is our secondary getting burned? Like, so (laughs) you have to consider, you know, there's kind of good and bad in every play. And I think, you know, you can say... Carson
1: didn't have his best day today, but you can also give credit to the defense and say, like, they look good. Yeah, I mean, you could find something to be mad at with every play because the offense is going against the defense, so that's an interesting way to look at it. Look, staying with the offense here, today Doug said that Mac Collins could be back within the next couple of days, to which I responded with a uh, to you with a Stewie gift throwing the rose, half joking, uh, of course, but half serious. Where are we with injury updates with the Eagles, and what's your confidence level that we're going to see Mac Collins by the end of the year, or maybe by this weekend.
0: Ah, I just I'm so, it depresses me, Mike. I like Mac a lot. Me too. And I don't think it's anything against him in terms of being soft or whatever. I think it's just right. like I don't. We don't know what this is. To be fair, like apparently it's not related to the groin. Apparently it's a new injury. Don't know what it is. Uh, Mac has come out to warm up with the team, and he's been dressed for practice, but he hasn't really done anything. I would say that's a good sign. It's not like he's like invisible, and we're not seeing him at all. That kind of makes me believe that when Doug says we'll see him in a couple of days that he might actually be telling the truth on that one. So hopefully we do because, you know, it's kind of a weird situation when you look at the receiver um, spot on the Eagles roster, which pro football focus ranked number one, by the way. That's interesting. When you look at that that group, like, you know, Deshaun and Nelson and Alshon are locked in. You know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside's making the team. Maybe he's that fourth receiver. But then after that, like... Is Mac gonna? I I, I think Mac is the has the fifth spot. So right. he, You know he can stay healthy because his special teams value alone, I think, is makes him rosterable. And I think he offers some kind of offensive upside. We don't know exactly what, but so, like something he showed some ability there as a rookie. Yeah. And even in college, I can't see them giving up on him yet. But it is frustrating yeah. that he just can't see the field. That's that is frustrating. And especially too, like in the context of. OK, Carlton Agudosi is making plays and Greg Ward had a good day. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying these guys are necessarily like going to unseat Mac Collins, but it's just kind of like you're waiting for Mac to come back. and In the
1: meantime, these other guys are looking good. And it's like, well, what do you do with them? Mike Rowe was talking up Greg Ward, you know, saying that his experience in the AAF was was valuable for him to get those reps that. He's kind of taken a step in his game, so maybe he could challenge for that wide receiver five spot. And again, Shelton Gibson is struggling, too, so it seems like that's kind of wide open if Hollins can't get right. We hope he does, obviously. Uh, Any last notes that you have for what you saw today, BLG, before we move on to something else?
0: Uh, Not really. You know, it was just a a really long practice. This will be the the second break on Friday that the Eagles have had since camp opened last week. Um, and this was the toughest practice the team was going to have in terms of length. Like this was going to always going to be the longest and hardest one that they have from here on out. Um, in part because a game actually happens in a week from today. So instead of hard practices, they'll actually be playing a preseason football game in just one week. I feel like that snuck up on us or yeah. me. That's that's great. That's cool. I can't wait <laughs> to see that because that's that's kind of like where we are at training camp at this point. Like we've seen a lot of stuff within a week already. Like there's not like a lot of real surprises left to be seen. It's kind of like, okay, who can look good in practice but also carry that into the game? Or maybe someone who's been struggling in practice can look better in the game. Or maybe someone who's looking good in practice could you know, not look so good in game action. So definitely looking forward to the preseason football here. And I thank everyone who's been tuning in for these daily updates on BGN Radio and also reading BleedingGreenNation.com, including Mike Quick, who
1: apparently listens to BGN Radio. Sound and that's Mike? very cool. B- big fan of Mike. So that, that was an awesome compliment that that he gave to you uh, to uh, to BGN Radio. So that, that's great to hear. B- BLG, you know, you mentioned it's one week away. It really did creep up on me. I didn't notice until I looked at the uh, the, the training camp schedule today. We're one week away from playing a game at the link against the Titans. We also have a game tonight. So, for this preseason, this first game, are you watching that one team play the other team tonight in the Hall of Fame game or are you taking off?
0: I mean, it might be on my television at one point. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to hold my interest for like one minute, man. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it is every year. It's like, oh, football is back. <laughs> you turn the game on, you're is like, it- i am I watching this? Yeah, is it though? <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. You know, I guess it's better than nothing because if, if there's, you know, you just get around to it and it's like, well, there's nothing to watch. Uh, I guess I'll just put the football game on while
1: I might do something else on my phone or whatever. That's going on tonight. I'll probably live tweet through it, just through the suck and of the <laughs> I'm suck. to hate watch it. Exactly. I'm going to hate watch the first preseason game. We'll see how long it holds me. Uh, Also, special shout out to all of you listeners. Really, really thank you uh, for the first year since our our relaunch, even less than a year, actually, because we started back in uh, last August, -August. mid-August. We hit 2 million downloads, which is incredible, bonkers, could have never seen that coming, I had high expectations but definitely not that high, so we thank you for being part of the Bleeding Green Nation family and helping us make this a success and helping us continue to do this because we we love doing this and, and we love that you're along for the ride with us it's going to be a fun 2019 season and in honor of that, I'll close out the show with the normal kissed and soul lack ending here, because we all we got we all we need Fly Eagles Fly P-G-N